Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, happy Friday, everybody. You know, normally I say, at least I say, that I put my videos, my podcast rather, out on Thursday. Um, you know, lately it's been a little bit haphazard, but it's Friday, it's not Thursday. Ho- hope you have a, had a great week. I've had a pretty good week. I, I did close a deal this week, which was which was huge. I've been you know on a little bit of a drought a little bit lately, which has been quite frustrating. But I got a few more things pending, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a really good month. Um, but anyway, I hope you have some good plans for the weekend as well. Let's jump into it. <clears throat> have you ever seen the movie Blood Diamond? I remember seeing the movie Blood Diamond. I don't remember a whole lot about the movie. It's probably liberal propaganda. If I had to guess, I don't really rem- I don't really remember a whole lot about it. I don't really know a whole lot about the history, but if I had to guess, knowing remembering what I do remember about Blood Diamond, it's probably very much a propaganda piece. But um <clears throat> there was one scene that stuck with me. Uh and and it, it's it's just a really cool scene. So in the movie, it's about a country in Africa where there's like a revolutionary group that that has child soldiers and they like steal children and make them soldiers. And this one man's child, his son, uh, gets taken and he gets made to be a child soldier. And the whole movie is about him trying to get his son back. And he eventually uh, faces off with the guy who basically stole his son. And um the man in the movie, the father, is just like such a mild manner, just sort of like, you know, very like a delightful man. You know what I mean? He's just a very nice guy in the in the whole movie. Very sad, obviously, but nice. When he faces off against the guy who stole his son, it's like a, a, a trigger flips in his brain and he becomes this ferocious beast of a man. And and he almost looks like um almost like an animal. And he's just like, and he just... And he destroys this man, and he's he's furious because, you know, he's a nice guy. He's not a beast of a man, but when he has the opportunity to save his own son, um, there's just no mercy there. He he just something a, a switch flips in his brain, and he just becomes like this wild creature, <laughs> and he destroys this guy and saves his son. Anyway, so that's just the short version. Obviously, there's a lot more to it. But the reason I bring it up is because I never forgot that. It's like, like there was that, that, that anger, that strength was inside him the whole time, but it took something very extreme to get it out of him, right? And, and you can always tell a lot about a man. This is the point. You can always tell a lot about a man uh, by the things that get them out of bed, right? The things that get them energized, ready to go, the things that get them angry a lot of the time is, is you could tell a lot about a person. You can't tell quite as much about a, someone by the things that they don't get out of bed for, and it doesn't mean you can't say anything. Because, like, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. Like, a lot of people criticize the ERLC because, like, they're silent on, you know, big abortion news all the time. They're silent on it. And it's like, well, what's the deal? It's like, you know, you're you're over here and you have thousands of words about racism and how, you know, people aren't going to Chinese restaurants anymore after COVID. But you got nothing to say about, you know, this abortion issue over here and things like that. And and in those cases, I think it's legitimate because 
That's the whole purpose the ERLC exists. Their whole existence, the reason that you guys pay them. By the way, I don't know if I've reminded you of this. USBC guys, you pay those charlatans. You guys pay them. The reason they exist is to talk about these issues. And so when they don't, it's like a big silence, right? So in those cases, you can tell a lot about what someone... But, but for me, for example, on Twitter, I ignore lots of stuff that I have extreme opinions on. As you might imagine, my opinions are extreme. And I ignore it not because I like have any secret agenda. It's just it's just not my thing. Like like people try to get me involved in in drama all the time. And I just I have no opinion on it. Like or if I do have an opinion on it, it's like it's not necessary to share that opinion. You know what I mean? It's just like I'm not this is not my thing. My thing I'm a one trick pony. I've always said this. I'm a one trick pony. So but, but the thing is you could tell a lot about someone by what they do get out of bed for. And, and if you look at my channel, for example, I'm, not, I'm no exception to this. <clears throat> I get out of bed <clears throat> when I see a couple different things. Number one, the thing that makes me really mad, and if you can f- find you know, the content where I'm the angriest, it's when elites, elite evangelicals, rip people in the pews. I hate that with a passion, and I've always hated that my whole life. I, and I've, I remember there was some conflict when I was pastoring a church between me and the co-pastor, because he would often um, just like rip the Bible belt and he would say it's nothing but fake Christians in the South, stuff like that. And like, that's barely an exaggeration. It's a slight exaggeration, but it's barely an exaggeration where he would say it's all fake. And I would just get so mad at him. And, and it's like, I hate that when people rip people in the pews. You don't see Jesus doing that. You don't. You know, I'm trying to follow the example of Jesus. And I know you guys are too, but if you look at Jesus, he saves his harsh rhetoric for the leadership that's leading people astray. And the people that are being led astray, he has great compassion on. You don't see uh, any example of Jesus where he would go to the equivalent of the Atlantic or the Washington Post to talk about how bad regular Christians are. I hate that so much. And you see me get out of bed for that stuff. When I see someone doing that, I get really mad. I turn into that, you know... Like the guy from Blood Diamond. <laughs> I hate the woke stuff, and you guys know this. That's my one-trick pony, you know? I hate it because, you know, I'm a Puerto Rican, and I, I have people in my own family that are infected by this mind virus where they're the perpetual victim. And I see their lives, and I know what they're doing, and they're not victims, and they're very capable, but they're just trapped in this. In <sighs> I hate it so much. I hate it. They're being taken advantage of, and I hate that. And there's one more thing that I really d- dislike, if you've noticed, and I get out of bed for this as well. And it's when people are so black-pilled that they create theologies that incorporate the black pill and basically say, you shouldn't even try. You know, yesterday I did a video about, you know, it was really, it was about Michael O'Fallon and why some people are so frustrated with his approach. And, it's, and it's, it is very frustrating because... It's always like the don't, don't try approach. Unless you have the perfect solution, don't even try. And it's like every time someone comes up with a solution, it's like, oh, you know, we should focus on local issues because we don't, you know, the national elections are totally compromised. And, um, you know, it's really, we have very little chance of success there. Let's focus on localism. And then he'll come up with the, oh, we got to, oh, it's balkanization. They're going to destroy the Republican. But he's against every um, small action that people are for. It's like, man, like what, what, what is the deal with that? I hate that. I, I hate when anything 
uh, drives people to inaction. And that's part of the reason I hate woke stuff, because so much of the woke stuff is intended to drive you into viewing yourself as a victim and not taking action. And I have to be honest, and this is I'm being straight up. I don't say that Michael O'Fallon is woke. But in that way, his approach is so similar to the woke. It's you are a victim. The powers that be are there, and they will infiltrate and destroy everything that you build. Therefore, don't even try because it'll, you'll ruin your reputation. You'll ruin the movement. You'll ruin the republic. Don't even try. Come to my conference. And it's like, look, there's nothing wrong with conferences. But I hate the mentality that drives people to inaction. There are, there's a lot of – Michael's not the only one. I'm not picking on Michael. I like Michael. He's a smart guy. But I hate when any kind of um, position drives people to inaction. I hate it so much. Anyway. But it's interesting. So, like, you know, that's something you should take – I don't really even know what the point of this, video, this, this podcast is, to be honest, and which is, you know – but that's something you need to take a look at. What is the thing that gets people out of bed? And it's amazing sometimes the, what gets people out of bed. And there was, I remember, I'll never forget this. When, in in the, the first church I joined when I was in Vermont, if you remember, I, I quit my job in New York to do an unpaid pastoral internship with Jared C. Wilson. Do you remember Jared C. Wilson, the B-lister TGC guy? Yeah, I used to do an internship with him. And I remember... He quit the church basically right as soon as I joined. <laughs> Not because of me, but because he was already planning on quitting. And um, <clears throat> I remember one time being in a meeting, and I just had this idea. And it was just like I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't anybody, so I just humbly submitted this idea. And I said, hey, you know, and I, was, I went to the, the worship leader, and I said, hey, worship leader, you know, <clears throat> do you think, like, what if, what if, and I, 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 I did this, you know, in the most kind of soft sort of like what if we tried this kind of a way like I wasn't trying to impose my will I wasn't saying like I'm not, I'm gonna leave you know nothing like that what if we just sang a psalm every now and then like I, I'm really interested in singing psalms like have you ever thought about that have we ever c tried that um and the reaction I got was almost like I had killed their dog or something it, it was like like what do you mean it's not like and it was like it's very defensive it was like you don't like the songs here like like, whoa, like, hold on a second. It's just, I, and I couldn't understand what that was all about. Like, she, this person, like, was so mild-mannered, but turned into the father from Blood Diamond when I suggested maybe we sing some psalms instead of these, instead of, like, like once a day. Like, not all of them. Just, like, once, once a Sunday or once a month even. I, I think I even said once a month. Like, what if we just tried it one, one Sunday out of the month, just sang a psalm? And, and it was, like, almost like I had like personally insulted them. It was just unbelievable. Anyway, um, you can tell a lot about a person by what gets them out of bed. What got me thinking about this was, was this from Thomas Katuzas. I, I could not, I could not believe it. Like, I guess I could believe it, but I just, the, 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 the intensity of the rhetoric, I think took, I, I got taken aback a little bit by this. So here's a, a, a tweet where you know Thomas is saying how if you if your wife needs permission to go vote because a lot of people are talking about women voting right now which is it's a big problem uh, women uh, shouldn't be voting we should have head of household votes 
And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, people who don't pay taxes should not be able to vote themselves money and stuff like that. These are obvious things that I think everyone would have agreed with not too long ago. Um, But obviously, they're highly controversial now because we've all been freaking brainwashed. But a lot of people are questioning, should should women have the right to vote? Should we not just have uh, one vote per household rule? These are these are things that are are are. I would argue that they're they're highly debatable, and I think in Christian circles we should be able to have a discussion like this in a much more logical way. Like if a pagan is like, "How could you say that women are equal?" Like I I could see. <laughs> I don't know why the pagan sounded that way. That's usually how pagans sound. But like if a pagan said that, like I could get it because they don't have the scripture. They don't understand that uh, the husband is uh, is the head of the wife and things like that. They don't get these things. They don't understand anything about sexuality. I mean, they don't. They can't even decide what a woman is, right? But we do. We get it. We understand that that there's a patriarchy. You know, God is as as kind of written that into the code of creation. We we understand that, so we should be able to discuss these things. And these are things that are highly discussable because. Uh, the, the women's suffrage has done a lot of damage, and people have explored this and talked about this and all of that kind of thing. So you would think we'd be able to have a conversation about this. And, um, you know, if someone just kind of makes an off-the-cuff comment, you know, hey, we should just repeal women voting, then it won't even be an issue. And listen to what Thomas Costuza says. This, he got out of bed for this. this. This was his moment of turning into the blood diamond father guy, like, he, the rhetoric he used here is extreme, and I just could not, I could understand disagreeing and saying, yeah, you know, women, right, the vote is the greatest thing ever, you know, biblically speaking, women are just as good as men, we should have the right to vote, and you can't really make that case, though, and I don't think he even tries to make that case, because that's not found in the Bible, but listen to what he says about someone who says, we should, we should think about repealing uh, the, the right to vote for women, women's suffrage should not be a thing, right, here's what he says, listen to this, At what point will Christian nationalists admit this isn't patriarchy? It's secular patriarchy. This is coming from a great many of your adherents. It is godless. It is godless. He gets out of bed. I mean, why didn't he just say, let him be accursed? That's the only step he hasn't done. If you think that women's suffrage was not so good of an idea, maybe we should uh, repeal it. Let him be accursed. How could he even begin to support that biblically? How could he even start? It's just not even a concept that's in there at all. It's it's unbelievable. The right to vote for women, that's if you don't if you don't believe in that, that's godless secular patriarchy. Does he understand how many of the heroes of the faith he would be calling godless at this point? It's just unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. But he wasn't thinking this through. Th- Thomas wasn't thinking this through. He just said it. It was a visceral reaction. Just like the father in Blood Diamond. Like, I don't think that he knew that there was this beast inside of him, right? And I don't think that he knew that when he saw that guy, he was going to go into jujitsu mode and just slam him like like, uh, like Donkey Kong was uh, slamming Mario in the Mario movie. I mean, that's what it was like. It was like... It was like 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 the 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 the, uh, the revolutionary guy was Mario, and in that movie, uh, if you if you know Mario's like this big and Donkey Kong's like this big, he just has his way with him, and that's how it went. I don't think he knew that. It just happened. He saw the man. He saw his son. And he's like, he wasn't thinking. It just it, he just you know turned into the Hulk all of a sudden. 
And that's what happened with Thomas. Like, this got him out of bed. He saw this thing about, you know, women, you know, voting is probably no bueno. <laughs> not good. Not good. It hasn't had a good impact on our society. And as Christians, we actually do have a very good reason why that might be the case. Yes, we should probably discuss it and discuss why, since women's suffrage, things have gone downhill so quickly, so fast. Why has that happened? Like We can discuss the ins and outs and the X's and O's of that, but as Christians, foundationally, we do understand why that might be. Women being your rulers is not a good thing. There's nothing in the Bible that would make you think otherwise. Nothing. Nothing. Women should not be ruling over you, according to Scripture. That's not the way it should be. And yet in our country, that's basically what we've had. We have a gynocracy. So here's the thing. Why did he have this reaction? I think if you explain, and a lot of people are having this, by the way. This is something that a lot of people are noticing. I saw Bendel Wary say this, where he said, did everyone go crazy overnight? Because he's seen a lot of patriarchy guys that are promoting some effeminate stuff for men. And I agree. I've seen a lot of that. And, and I happen to know, I mean, I have a lot of uh, people that, that I talk to on the side about their various churches. This issue about, about the role of women, this is an issue that everyone is having some controversy over right now. And there's a lot of complementarians that are that are doing this kind of thing where they just have this visceral reaction to very basic things. My goodness, the Joel Webin thing about how men should have oversight over what their wives believe. That's so tame. That's not even hardcore. Like I know Joel and he has much more hardcore beliefs than that. That's so tame. And the complementarians jumped on that as if, again, they might as well have said, let him be a curse. And some of them did. <laughs> some of them did. They got out of bed for that. What is driving that? I think that's an issue you need to think through. What is driving the animus, the energy uh, against some of this stuff? I've thought a lot about these issues because I've seen this kind of behavior before. And it's almost every single time I used to talk about God's law. When I was first getting into theonomy, I wasn't so sure about it because I hadn't heard about it before. And I think when you haven't heard about it before um, and you hear about it and it sounds right to you, you need to check yourself, right? I, you need to check yourself. You got to be like, hmm, like maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the one that's wrong, <laughs> right? That's kind of the approach that I took. And I'll never forget, I again, I humbly went to my pastor and I said, hey, you know, pastor, uh, and I had a good pastor. So I'm not trying to disparage this guy. And if you're watching, I don't know if you watch, um, I'm not trying to disparage you, but I did notice this. I said, hey, Pastor, you know, here's some books I'm reading, and here's what I'm thinking through. Like, can you help me? And he's like, why don't we meet, you know, next Tuesday or whatever? So we met for coffee in Manhattan or something like that. And he had put together this presentation of all of the things you might expect. Rush Dooney was a racist. He didn't believe in interracial marriage. You know, all the, like all the visceral sort of like stuff that you're just triggered instantly when you hear about theonomy. He put all that together, and I'm just like, man, like, I, so I've noticed this kind of thing quite a bit. And th with, with, the, with the male-female relationship and their roles and things like that, um, you're seeing that kind of a visceral reaction right now. And I think it's worth it to spend some time thinking through why that is. Why did Thomas Katuzas lose his mind to call being against women's suffrage godless? Like, dude, cut the drama. Just cut the drama, man. This is too much. It's too much. 
Anyway. Think through that. I, I think it's helpful. Hopefully you find it helpful. And I will see you next time on AD Robles on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Mi amor por